Welcome to For a Purpose and Profit, the number one podcast for social entrepreneurs. Where we unite meaningful social causes and top digital marketing strategies to create sustainable social change. My name is Andres Martinez. And my name is Cheyenne Martinez. And today's episode is called The Era of Conscious Capitalism. Yes. Sweet. So we were just reading um, a bit of a book called People Over Profit. So you never heard of that book. It's by um, a man named Dale Partridge, who's an American entrepreneur, and he has a company called Sevenly. And the company basically partners with multiple different charities around the world for multiple different causes, from autism to um, disaster relief, all different kinds of things. And they make different pieces of art, different pieces of clothing, mugs, all different kinds of articles. And a certain portion of that goes towards each of the charities that these pieces of art and clothing promote. So it's a very innovative idea, and the book is really just about the problem that we have within our organizations around the world today. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep, I think the era of conscious capitalism is already here, and it will be the future because it's the only way to really... Um, be able to conduct business in a way that um, has so much of a bigger impact and has like a double bottom line. Yes, the money, yes, the resources, very, very important. Like obviously the whole world operates um, on that, you know, since we stopped trading. <laughs> but we also need to start talking about, um, you know, and, and encourage other companies to focus on the other bottom line, which is, the impact. How many people are you impacting? How many lives are we impacting with, you know, from our donations to our energy and time when you go and volunteer somewhere, like physically, to like actually going to, to these places, to these villages, to these communities, to these shelters, to this, you know, you name it, with the, you know, clear intention of, you know, getting them up, getting them you know, in a completely different light. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So as you said, that having two bottom lines was something that Dale proposes is something that is not only necessary, but not even something that's new, right? A lot of companies throughout the world, pretty much all of them in their earlier stages, had to have those two. And again, just to clarify, really the problems that he's talking about here. So as an example, he mentioned that there's about about 1.7 million NGOs, nonprofit organizations within the United States alone. That's a lot of nonprofits right. <laughs> within one country. And about 700 or more go out of business. They close their doors every single day. That's crazy. So that's insane. And the main reason is because, well, they just don't have enough funding. They don't have enough profit to keep their doors open, to keep serving the people or the animals or the environmental issue that they're trying to address. So it's a real shame. You have all these people, millions of people who want to make a social change, change and they just mm -hmm. can't afford it because they don't know how to market themselves. Right. They don't know how to get their message out there. They don't know how to approach other companies, organizations that may be able to sponsor them or give them some kind of a grant. They're just not aware of all right. of these things. And then you have multi million, sometimes billion dollar companies, a lot of whom, you know, we probably would label them as bad companies today, 
ones that, you know, exploit workers in developing countries, ones that fill our foods with preservatives and all different kinds of hormones, such as the dairy and meat industry. All of these industries that are very, very wealthy and refuse to take the betterment of humanity into consideration. And so he talks about how every single company, nonetheless, in their beginning stages, had a noble beginning, right? Because in the beginning, no organization can get off the ground unless there actually is an honest vision and they actually serve people, whether it's through a product or a service, and it's, it's quality, right? You simply cannot get off the ground. You'll be exposed pretty soon. So no company that's been around for generations started bad, right? So whether it's McDonald's, Mm -hmm. right, they would have a very bad representation reputation today because of, you said, the food, the industries that they're in alignment with, all these kinds of things. That's not how they started. So he actually talks about four different eras that all organizations go through. Okay. Mm So, you want to start number one? Yeah, the first one is the honesty era. And this is, of course, when people are starting, they're excited, their values are, are, are in alignment, they obviously want to, you know, help people in, um, you know, some way, shape, or form. And so, you know, it, it really starts with a very um, good cause, with a, with a good heart, good intention. Right, right. and so the example he gives um, is Ford. So he said when Ford first started back in the early 1900s, people on average were working between 80 and 90 hours a week. And they were the first company that pretty much came along and decided to create a union and to give their people benefits and to only have them work 40 hours a week because Mm -hmm. they said family is important and every man, because most of their employees were obviously men at this time, should be able to have two days a week off because their top priority is family. Mm-hmm. And so obviously that was an extremely noble way to start your company, to be known for that, right? To give people more free time with their families, also giving them benefits and having a union who fights for their rights to ensure they're not exploited. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. And so then you have number two, which is the efficiency era. And so this is when a company starts to grow a little bit, they're getting momentum, and now they want to really maximize their efficiency. And obviously this is when Ford started manufacturing many, many, many more car parts, many, many more cars. I think they said this is when the Mustang really started to become one of the most popular cars Mm -hmm. in the world. And yeah, they're just finding better systems, better ways to structure their company, which every organization needs, whether it's a for-profit or Mm for-purpose. So this is when um, their production really boomed Mm -hmm. forward. Yeah. Then we go into the deception era, which, of course, um, greed starts creeping in. Efficiency um, is now starting to be distorted a little bit because now it's, you know, a lot of companies have to choose between, like, man, like, we can produce... You know, and we see this in the farming industry. We see it in the, you know, food industry as a whole. Thinking that. (laughs) Yeah, because what ends up happening is people, um, you know, or the big corporations start demanding, for example, of the farmers to crank it up. They're like, we need more, like in in bigger bulk, faster, and all these different things. And yeah, of course, it's like it's very tempting because for the family, for the farmers, for you know, kind of like 
the people involved here represents more money, more money equals better quality of life for them and their families. So, of course, it seems like a killer deal, but at what cost? What cost? Right, but we've even seen with the animal industry that it kind of seems like it's going to be a better route. But that's... So, as an example, I was watching, um, I think it was called Eating Animals, a documentary on Netflix, if you haven't seen it. It's basically talking about, yeah, the, you know, all-American farmer, what has happened to independent farms and basically that they they don't really exist anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> because big big companies in the meat and dairy industry they're really the ones that have all the power and what they do is just go into communities now and they say you know you guys are going to compete against each other mm-hmm. to produce the biggest fattest chickens or the biggest fattest cows the biggest fattest pigs and whoever creates the fattest ones is going to get premium pricing and whoever doesn't is going to be at a disadvantage because we're not going to pay you as much. Mm-hmm. And so now you no longer have farmers working together to share, to discuss. They're actually, it's illegal for them mm-hmm. to share information. Mm-hmm. And now you have not only that, but the quality of the food and the animals going considerably down, right? Showing footage of, you know, chickens who are extremely close together. There's nowhere for them to walk and they are so overweight, they have so many hormones, their muscles and their bodies are so big they can't even walk, mm-hmm. right? They have diseases, they're missing feathers, they're quite literally dying all over the farm. And, yeah, just animals that have turned into machines, right? They're no longer living beings, and the people that are farming them, the farmers, are now just also commodities too, because if you don't like the way we run our business then you can try to be an independent farmer and mm-hmm. you'll probably lose because you can't compete with us. Yeah. So this is what the deception era is, and we are living in a big deception era Huge. with some of the biggest, most powerful yeah. companies on the world. Yeah. And it's actually really frustrating to even think about. For sure. The word says the love of money is the root of all evil. You know, this is one of those things that a lot of people, you know, when they don't study, when they don't really read carefully, they just think money is the root of all evil. No, money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. When your heart lights on it, when your, you know, eyes just like focus so much on it that, you know, that becomes your driver, that becomes, you know, that that's when greed kind of creeps in, and then you start putting things that should be higher, like love for others, like love for, you know, your community, for your environment, for animals, for, right, and, and you start putting money above that, and so a lot of companies seemingly do well for a, for a little while, but their end is dead. Right. They end up sacrificing their values mm-hmm. in the face of efficiency. The, yeah. So the deception area is in really the name of yeah is production really, or whatever. Yeah, it's really when efficiency becomes the main bottom line. Yeah. And the quality of life of the people that work that for work you, there, yeah. the the animals it's that you are. It's all ROI. It's all right. like money driven based decisions. It's all like numbers and yeah. Sometimes like the invisible ROI of investing in people, of values, of doing the right thing. You can't clearly quantify sometimes some of those things, but that's really where the long-term ROI really comes in, and most people in business cannot see that. Right. Exactly. So in the book, the example with Ford, basically during the deception era, they created, I think it was called, I think it was a Pinto. Yeah. Some kind of, I really don't know that many cars, though. I'm. I think it was called some kind of a Pinto, and... This car had some kind of problem with its back end that when it would get hit, if another car would hit the bumper, the car would explode. Yeah. 
And so there were quite literally thousands of people who were getting into car accidents and then dying or getting really badly injured in these cars that Ford was producing. Mm -hmm. And instead of Ford hearing these lawsuits, receiving these lawsuits and hearing these complaints and of all these horrible deaths because mm -hmm. of their car, instead of taking the car off the shelf and fixing the car, changing it, mm -hmm. they decided to keep producing the car and instead just pay people off in the lawsuits. Mm -hmm. But keep producing the same garbage car that was quite literally killing people. Mm -hmm. And so and as you could imagine, there was quite a big outcry. outcry. And then you get to stage four, which is the redemption era. The redemption era. Mm -hmm. And this is where a company has two choices. They either change what they're doing or they die. Mm -hmm. Right? So if people are demanding, people are waking up that this business is corrupt, they cannot keep treating people this way, they cannot keep polluting the environment, they cannot keep keeping treating animals so cruelly. If the people demand that they change, they only have two choices, right? Mm -hmm. So for Ford, they said after this whole Pinto shenanigan, where they quite literally played a big role in killing multiple people, they decided they had to clean up their act. They had to come clean of all the mistakes that they made mm -hmm. and openly say that they were going to do their hardest to turn back to the original values that they began with in their early days, back when they were the first ones to give people 40-hour work weeks. Mm -hmm. And that's obviously not easy to do, but obviously it is the right thing to do, to just be honest and clean. And this is what we do not see from many companies still today, mm -hmm. right? So as an example, again, in the dairy meat industry, there have been lots of people who have gone into these factories and exposed the kind of abuse and the horrific scenes that go on in there. Mm -hmm. And instead of being open and transparent and changing what's not working, they just put stricter guidelines and harsher, mm -hmm. harsher rules where at the extent of, I think it's, it's a felony, if you go into one of these farms unannounced, be charged with a felony, right. which proves there's a lot to hide, <laughs> right? When you can't be transparent, you have a lot to hide. Right. So I'll be interested to see what happens with that industry as an example, mm -hmm. if they will decide to come clean and change the ways. But with a lot of these companies, we really have no choice, right? We are destroying our planet. We're destroying our, <laughs> our societies because mm -hmm. it poisons the people too. And so they really have no choice but to wake the hell up and mm -hmm. change. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think the era of conscious capitalism is one where um, people will begin to do business different because they will think bigger picture. It wouldn't just be about the money, the ROI. It wouldn't just be about efficiency, productivity, but it will be about the whole world. It will be about different causes that are currently pressing because once again, what's really the, the fruit of your labor, the fruit of your business efforts in a 20, 30, 50 year career, when all you did was generate a bunch of money, spent a bunch of money and live a little bit to your family? Is that really like, like, let me challenge you. Is that really the standard here? Right. Why is the standard so low? Because that's pretty much everyone's standard, right? I mean, right. everyone wants to take care of their own family. Yeah, which is great. Which I, is I great, understand but, it. But there's nothing really different or special about that. Right. right? Everyone it's wants to help man their, for his own. Right. Everyone wants to help their own family, their own bloodline. It takes a 
a different kind of person yeah, to view kind of the heart. entire world, the entire community yes. as their family. Exactly. As, as your duty and responsibility to create change. And honestly, you know, what, what ends up happening is your, your circle of influence expands when you start partnering, of course, with people that are involved in other causes. And hey, like, listen, we, like, none of us possess all the answers. We need each other. Mm-hmm. And so, right. you know, if your heart has always been in battling cancer because maybe you had someone that, you know, suffered from cancer, amazing. That's a very noble cause. That's something that you can really link into your business somehow. And, you know, it doesn't just need to be of like, okay, yeah, we donate a little bit of our money, whatever, to this organization because, you know, my grandma had cancer. Great. Like, that is cool. That's a a nice beginning. But I want to challenge for everyone that's listening and ourselves as well when I speak, of course, in going one step beyond that when it's like, how can you use your skills, use your business model to link arms with that cause outside of just being a regular donor like how can you like like go go deeper to see what is the real need what is the real problem what's the root cause of some of these things and how can you tie it in of course it takes a lot of you know vision it takes a lot of effort and yes it's gonna take a different breed of leader an entrepreneur altogether to be able to cause a the type of change that is going to revert so many of the problems that we have now in this world and i want to challenge you that if that is like if this resonates with you if you are one of them to take action to reach out to the causes that you are you know really passionate about and see what else you can do because ultimately each of us have 24 hours in the day and each of us have the power to schedule our time to prioritize things to you know move our money and make different choices i mean there's all kinds of people out there from people that have a lot to people that have a little to people that are anywhere in between but the truth here is not so much about how much you currently have but what the state of your heart is mm-hmm. that's right. that's really the bottom line here right. like where, where is your heart at you know because where where your heart is at, there your treasure will be also. Right. Where's your treasure? Right. Because we sometimes believe, most of us oftentimes believe the lie, and we've been there too, that when we have more money, right. it's always when future, we have please. more time, then I will contribute. Right. Whether it's financially, whether it's time, energy, whatever it is. And honestly, that's probably one of the biggest lies out there. Mm-hmm. And we were stuck in that too for a long time. Because the matter of the fact is, like Andrea said, like if you're not giving in the little, you definitely, definitely won't give in the lot. Mm-hmm. When you are making six figures or even seven figures, it's going to be that much harder for you to part with your money if you weren't able to do it when you made four or five figures. Yeah, there's always going to be things like when, when you're there, you're going to have obviously more expenses. You're going to be running a bigger operation. So there's always going to be new excuses. Just different problems. So going to be always new excuses of like, oh, well, when I, you know, finally delegate this. When I finally do, um, you know, um, seven figures, when I finally do, like, it's, there's always going to be something. And the reality is we, we need more people that are conscious capitalists, that are social entrepreneurs. And we're not talking about socialism here. We're talking about combining the best of both worlds where, yes, we're, we, we care about our fellow brother, but yes, we also care about being 
very good stewards with the money, with time, with our resources. And of course, it's possible. There's there's companies out there like Panera, like Tom, um, like what were some of the other ones that, that he mentioned that are doing like... Oh, I said Tom Shoes. Tom yeah. Shoes, right. You said Panera, Seven Lee, I mean, like I said, the author of the book himself. Right. They're, they're definitely out there. But we need a lot more. We need a lot more, exactly. <laughs> because even he was saying, you know, before he started Sevently, when he first started coming up with the idea, mm-hmm. they really struggled to think of charities that were really reputable, that were really doing great good, and that who actually had the resources, that, you know, had been in business for many, many years, and even more difficult to find a company that was using their resources for social change. All right. And we saw that, too. At our, we were in training in Cancun. And we had the same question brought up, and literally no one at our table could think of a single company that could be labeled as a social enterprise, which uh-huh. proves the problem again. <laughs> so, of course, we're not saying we have all the answers and everyone has their own calling to their own different causes, uh-huh. but the point is to challenge you to really think about what are those causes, what, what is the social change that you really feel you could be an asset to, or maybe you have skills that you could help an existing NGO right. or an existing social enterprise that already exists, whatever it is, whether it's you partnering or creating your own, just to open up your your mind and really give you the ability to dream and really question things at a deeper level, yeah. right? the deeper whys behind all these industries and why, why we are where we are on today's planet. Right. Because there's so many social issues that need, need a voice. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Think and ask yourself the question of like, who do I want to serve? Like where, like where do I want to li- like leave a mark and an impact in in this world with the things that you're like obviously passionate? Like if you've had like something inside of you, a fire inside of you that's been wanting to come out, and you just always find yourself saying, "Oh, I'll do it when I, when this happens or when that happens." Believe me, it's not gonna happen. Change needs to happen now, and it's up to you to you know remove all those smokes and mirrors that you're kind of, you know, that your mind is kind of shooting at you and actually make time for it and make the effort about it. Because let me tell you something very, very real here. We all live in our little bubbles and especially with the internet, we are so like caught into this little, like almost like time warp, you know, where like time goes by different, like the, the people that are, that you're surrounded with. And that's kind of like all, you know, and, and sometimes it's even hard to believe that there's like all these crazy things happening out there when you see the news or you see documentaries, like it's almost like just entertainment or movies or videos like that, that, that's all that really is. It's hard to imagine it, but I challenge you take a trip, go see it for yourself. I challenge you step out of your, of your, of your little bubble of your little world and, you know, dare to dream bigger because believe me, the only way that we're going to be able to eradicate a lot of these problems or at the very least improve them while also advancing and evolving in the business world is in this era of social entrepreneurship, era of conscious capitalism, era of the two bottom lines and an era where people are putting love, are putting, you know, Brotherhood, sisterhood, stewardship above greed, above efficiency. Exactly. Love it. Love it. So we all have to be a part of that movement. That includes you. Yes, exactly. 
So I hope you enjoyed this podcast, this episode. Reach us out with any questions that you might have. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you if you have any ideas too. Yes, any ideas. We'd love to, to see, you know, sometimes you just don't know who, like, who knows who, you know, out of your friends, out of us. Like, sometimes it just requires for you to, you know, uh, reach out to, um, like, talk and, and, you know, share your truth, share your voice and you'll never know. You'll never know what God has for you already predestined, pre-planned for you that is going to, you know, take you in a completely different journey. And if you maybe have been feeling like unfulfilled, like overwhelmed, frustrated with your day-to-day life, frustrated with the, like, am I, am I supposed to do this and just kind of tired? Like maybe there is more for you. and Maybe there's a reason why you're listening to this right now. So take action. Take action. And take heart. And take heart. Because change is definitely possible. It's not easy, but it's possible. And we have to be part of the solution. So we'll see you guys on the next one, and we hope you have an amazing day. Thank you, guys. Take care.